At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. <laughs> Jen Panomra. And I'm Katie Quinn. This is Either Side Eaters. We are friends who talk about food, whether it's across the table from each other or across the Atlantic Ocean. Coming up in this episode, we'll talk about breakfast traditions. And we'll be joined by the lovely Zoe Kelly, award-winning self-taught bilingual chef who is a Philippine excited about breakfast. So better up. Oh, Jen, <laughs> you and your dad jokes. Speaking about like early morning stuff, uh, my husband Leo told me that on his morning drive, he was watching the sunrise and he was just so mesmerized because it looked to him like a good sharp cheddar. Oh my God. <laughs> and he, as he was explaining this like vision and, and, and the sight he had, I was just like, this is why he's my person. That is so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Take a big old Jeez, bite son. out of the sunset, sunrise. Yeah, he's rather. like, I wanted to eat it. I just I just needed to eat it. I wanted to take a bite. I wanted to taste life. I was like, yeah, that's a good, good way to start your day. Tasting life. That is a good way to start the day. So as we start our day, let's uh, hear some of your burning questions. First up, we have Janet. Being that the cultures in the Philippines and in Italy are very different, I would like for you ladies to please explain the similarities in the food. Hi, Janet. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind when I think about similarities is like ice cream or gelato in oh. bread. Oh, yes. I believe the Philippines started that tradition of ice cream and bread because of either either the Portuguese or the Spaniards. I'm not sure. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's that whole like yeasty sweet bread combo. Well, Do you know how long how long like Sicily has been uh, eating gelato in, in brioche? Sicily has changed hands so many times. Different groups have ruled it and come in and out. I mean, just all all over the place in terms of who was calling it, it its own. You know what would be fascinating is if it was like the Portuguese who brought it to Sicily just like they brought it to ah. the Philippines or, you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, pandesal is a big thing. So pandesal is like our like buttery, sweet kind of ro uh, roll. It's delicious. And I think I've only had it in pandesal. Have you had it in the brioche? Oh, yeah. The further south in Italy that you go, the more it's a thing. And so in Sicily, if you visit Sicily, you will have gelato in brioche. It's just a given. Ah. And probably pistachio gelato because 
It's so Yum. good. <laughs> it's not solely gelato that Sicilians will put in brioche. It's also granita. Oh, which is so reflect, so refreshing. It's so oh, so refreshing. <laughs> it's it so- is right. You just want to like on a hot summer day pour that all over you. <laughs> Refresh. You took it there. Yes, yes, exactly. That is what I think of when I think of granita. So yeah, I mean, you could put all kinds of delicious cooling things in brioche and call it a match made in heaven. It's just a great vehicle. I mean, come on. Carbs as your your vessel. A similarity I see is that both Italians and Filipinos are so proud of their food, right? So Italians are so passionate about Italian food, and this is the right way to do it. In the Philippines, I know that they are hugely proud and really want to share their food but Jen, would you say that in the Philippines there as uh, this is the right way and this is the wrong way about it as Italians are? Mm-hmm. I feel like everywhere in the world is like this. If, if you have people from a certain region that's really proud and excited about a particular dish or cuisine as a whole. And I will say, and I know you've experienced this in the past and we've talked about this. Uh, generally, in, in our both of our experiences, whenever there's a Filipino dish or mention of anything Filipino, the community is like, yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you for representing this. Uh, I love seeing that, you know, I grew up eating this. There more more of the, the, the feedback and we're YouTubers. So we were like rely on, <laughs> on comments to engage with people and, and see where their, their thoughts are at is that they're just really excited to see it. Totally. Right? To see someone either uh, try it for the first time learn about it, right? Uh, or, or share a dish that Absolutely. reminds them of their upbringing. Yeah. Uh, but there are, and I'm, I'm sure you, you experience this with Italian viewers, is that like a lot of people feel very strongly about something made the way it's supposed, suppo- air quotes on supposed to be, right? And so you'll have saying, no, this is not the ingredient you use. This is not this. That's not the technique. Exactly. It's like, well, never mind that the end result is delicious and is totally worth doing and trying. It's like, well, okay, but that's not like the way it's done. And I see both sides to it because I understand and I appreciate the like traditional classic way of doing things. I also think it's fun to kind of get quirky with the dish and, and mess around and try <laughs> new things. And appreciate it in more ways than one. Yeah. And our final question is from Clifton. Can you talk about the different kinds of breakfast versus sweet versus savory across the world? I know that like in Asian countries, breakfast tends to be more savory than sweet, but maybe in Western Europe, it's more sweet than savory. So can you talk a little bit about that history and how it differs from parts of the world? Oh, we have we have a lot of thoughts on this. So. Let's jump into it. Let's jump in. Hey, Jen, real quick, I have a I have a question for you. What what, what does a thesaurus eat for breakfast? A thesaurus? Yes, a, th- a thesaurus. <laughs> what? A synonym roll. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's talk breakfast. So. Katie, you're in Italy now. Yes. What does your breakfast usually look like? Okay, so the Italian breakfast does not look exactly like my breakfast in my kitchen because the Italian breakfast is super sweet 
and very light. So like a Nutella filled croissant type of, or like brioche situation Mm. with a lot of jam, marmalata. I mean that, and with espresso, that is the typical Italian breakfast. I'm still too American for that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not full. I'm still hungry. <laughs> so I'm an, I'm an eggs girl or like, you know, actually what the happy medium is yogurt. So <gasps> yogurt on either side, yogurt on either side. Although I do have to say that yogurt here is always like of the very sweet variety, like sweet oh, really? and sugary. Almost always. Yeah. Uh. I mean, they do have Greek yogurt. Well, which actually, to be fair, in America, I guess Greek yogurt has just That's recently true. become a thing. So That's true. Lots of, like there, you even have the ones with the candy on top. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> it's like we're still calling this a healthy breakfast question. Mark? <laughs> All your nutrients at the top of the day. Yeah. Before you left to Europe in the last like 10 years, what generally did your breakfast look like? I I ate a lot of cereal in my day. Like but, sugary cereal, the healthy cereal. Well, growing up, I was only allowed Cocoa Puffs on like special occasions, like my birthday, because I love yeah, Cocoa, Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, Cocoa Puffs for the shit. Oh, that was my favorite. And the milk after the Cocoa Puffs. Chocolate like, milk. Chocolate milk. <laughs> so good. Um, but, you know, like a special K kind of thing also. I would say that that was... And like Cheerios and the huge. <laughs> yeah. Is that like like before you go to school? Yeah. That was exactly. like that quick. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Occasionally and- a Pop-Tart or something. Oh, man. And then as you started to work and, you know, or maybe when you started school, like how did that change? What was your breakfast change there? I, you know, being an adult, oatmeal really became my go-to quick and easy. Um, I felt like it was filling, um, with, especially with like a dollop of nut butter. It's like, Ooh, yeah. mm, this is, that became my go-to in my twenties in New York, I'd say. Well, what about you though, Jen, like growing up and then, and now in adulthood, what's your go-to breakfast situation? So growing up, I'd say like elementary school time, as you said, pop tarts, I went, oh yeah, like Monday to Friday before school, if there weren't any leftovers, mom would usually be like, here's a Pop-Tart, here's some Eggos, like grab one, run out the door. Also, I would, I'm still not a morning person. Mm. Like breakfast, I was like, meh, not my thing. I'll wait to eat to lunch. And it was actually bad. At, you know, later on, I skipped breakfast entirely. And, um, but then like high school into college, it was bacon, egg and cheese or yeah, uh, oh, like a bacon, a egg and cheese sandwich or like a bagel. Yeah, New yeah. Yorkers. I mean, you lived you know. in Queens. Hell yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Bacon egg cheese on a roll and it had mm. to have ketchup. If it didn't have oh. ketchup and the egg was salt and peppered, it, was, it wasn't it. But uh, a lot of the times on the weekend, our breakfasts were, uh, if I was having a Filipino one, we'd have things called silog. Silog is like a platter that consists of leftover white rice, right? And garlic. And it's delicious. Like my mom would throw the garlic on and I would know, boom, we're getting it. And she would either have um, some sort of like, we call tocino. It's like this like cured uh, pork or we'd have sausage, longanisa, 
or beef tapa. So like the name of the salog would change based on the name of the protein. So if it was uh, longanisa, the sausage, it would be longsilog, logsilog. Or if it was the beef tapa, it's tapsilog. Or spam, it's like spamsilog. Oh, whoa. That's amazing, spam <laughs> But But it was always this base of the leftover rice. Right. And I then love that. over top, a runny egg, runny oh. fried egg, and banana ketchup. <gasps> Ooh, and banana ketchup. There it banana, is. Banana ketchup. Oh, that sounds so good. And so I'm fascinated because that sounds amazing to me. And I'm fascinated by the fact that Italians don't think that savory food belongs in breakfast. That's interesting, right? Yeah. They think it's so like eggs for breakfast. They're like, what? Why? Meat for breakfast? Why? Yeah. But there was a time when farmers or any laborer had a heavier, heartier breakfast. For sure. You're right. And so like, it's interesting to think about savory over sweet breakfasts, which cultures embraced which flavor the most, right? Um, But if we talk about a little bit about breakfast history... It's kind of a hard one to talk about for me because whenever I'm like looking into it and I've been like interested about breakfast history for a long time, Yes, the resources that are mostly available mainly talk about like English or European breakfast. Hmm. And I guess that's because of like written history, like what was shared, what was destroyed, anything like that. But you can see common themes in different regions of the world. Um so if we if we are going to talk about like uh, Europe, so breakfast, the term breakfast, we know is breaking the fast, yes. right? Yes. Um, and that like having a big breakfast, like if you think about um, Downton Abbey, yes, they have like a separate breakfast room, right? In the morning, the family or whoever was single, I believe sat in this breakfast room and would have like a lavish buffet yes. and they would, you know, serve their own food. And then, you know, the servants would, would lay out the buffet. Breakfast wasn't really a big practice, like early medieval ages and before. And then it started to become a general thing of like, oh, we have guests coming over. Let's show off what our local ingredients are and that we have the best cooks and you can have the most amazing spread in front of you. So fast forward, right, uh, the full English breakfast. Yes. And you, you live in London. Oh, I've had my Just fair share. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've well, we'll talk more about the, the full English breakfast, but that came around the Industrial Revolution, right? Oh. So the working class needed more substantial meal. And you could see that across the world. Anywhere where there's a lot of labor happening, that working force needs sustenance. And so you'll have like heavier meals in the beginning of the day and then something lighter later, later on or another heavy dinner later. Hmm. And the, the tradition of the full English breakfast, right? What's like when you think of it, what are the components? OK, we've got our beans. We've got our tomato, our cooked tomatoes. We've got our blood sausage. Yeah. And eggs and toast. I've, I've never had an English breakfast. Oh, girl, we got to get you an English breakfast. <laughs> I mean, I look at them all the time and I think about it because I love 
the idea of beans on toast. Oh, yeah. Like and that Briss, sweet baked bean flavor. Brits are obsessed with beans on toast, just like all the time. But especially, yeah, full English. You got to have the beans. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, like with American breakfast, like when I think of American breakfast, I think about that lumberjack platter. Yeah. Of like pancakes, hash brown, Totes. you know, bacon or sausage, sometimes toast. Um, that's my favorite. Like I diner. do too. I love it because it's got the sweet and the savory. And so eggs is like a common thing across many different breakfast plates around the world. Mm-hmm. Also bread, right? There's a lot of like bread heavy yeah. things. So anything that's like affordable or that you can make in bulk and have throughout the week. Um, and something I think about a lot are breakfast soups. Ooh. Like soupy, savory. Like, when's the first time you had a breakfasty soup? It Where was were you? When I was in Indonesia. Yeah, that's what I think of okay. because that's what I grew up with. So, like, noodles, not so much a part of, like, traditionally, not so much a part of um, breakfast soups. More, more on the in, in certain side. parts of of the world, yeah, really, like it can be. But very, but you're right that a lot of the times it's porridgey. So like either it's rice or some other grain, right? Think about um, here with the natives, the indigenous culture here was cooking from corn, right? Oh, grinding yeah, of up the corn, right? And this led to what we call the grits, yeah. Right? Oh my gosh, of and course. so it's a huge southern thing. <sighs> uh, but porridgey. So the 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 stuff I grew up with, I ate jok. And jok is like the Thai, you were saying konji, it's that rice porridge soup. It's so delicious. Mm. And it usually has, well, the version that I like has a nice like uh, soft boiled egg that's cracked over top, lots of fried garlic, scallion, pickled chilies with that vinegar, lime, cilantro, and sometimes the base, like it'll have... um, either just com- just plain and you add, you know, the things on top of it or it'll have some leftover meats or like ground pork. And in Thailand, the last time I visited my dad in Bangkok, almost every morning he would run down to the local shop and bring up like a lot of the food in, in his area was bagged in plastic. And he would just like, it's hot, piping hot jok. And he would just pour it over a bowl oh. and then here, here's your toppings, go at it. Oh, it's just so. Oh my gosh, so good. that just that image just makes me want to go to Bangkok so badly. <laughs> I can't even it's, tell you. That sounds so fun. Starting your day like that, yes, that's energizing. You could go do whatever you know. And you I do. think like a lot of people might think, oh, I don't want something like super hot on on a hot day, like in a hot place, like Bangkok. Was it was it hot those days? Oh, yeah. Were, yeah, but I'm but it's like no, it actually really works. It, yeah, it fits. It's like that concept, uh, and I know South Koreans say this all the time. Like when it's hot, eat hot food, so you sweat out faster, and you you know your 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 homeostasis balancing out. Right, your <laughs> right? body's getting your used to the sweating. Yeah, yeah, or like when it's cold, you eat cold. But like I I don't follow it. I generally <laughs> do. You know, a nice hot meal on a cold day. And, you know, I do too. Like on a really cold overcast morning, nothing beats like a a warm bowl of oatmeal. 
for me. Yeah. So good. And I eat savory oatmeal a lot. And actually, one of yes. the first video collab we ever yeah. did was savory oatmeal. I was Do just thinking that. Yes. That was so good with bacon and egg and. Yeah. And then we did one on my channel with coconut and yes. zucchini. Oh. It's all the spices. That was so a good time. I, yeah, I still do it. I do all those variations in savory oats. So like whenever I'm craving joke, more often than not, I'm using oats because my dad is the first one to introduce that to me. Yes. And he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to lay off some rice. Let me have some oats. And that's what I do now. My husband, Leo, his family's Peruvian. And my first, like the first time I ever slept over their place, <laughs> I woke up and there was a spread of like delicious uh, sandwiches, uh, uh, shoot, why is it coming in my head? Uh, oh no, pan con chicharron. So Ooh. pan con chicharron is like a bun with um, uh, chicharron, so like fried pork belly and the salsa, which is um, red onion with lime and rocoto pepper, ají amarillo, oh. and sliced fried sweet potato oh, and I, I had I was like this is so good but it's so heavy for like I'm not used to to like a big That's sandwich hearty. like that yeah yeah but then I'm like wait I could handle bacon egg and cheese but there's something out the bacon egg and cheese that just digested real quick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah or like they they also had a spread of tamales and it was oh my gosh so breakfast is a big thing with our families for sure as it should be. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Uh, speaking of breakfast with families, uh, let's talk to Zoe. Today's guest is the wonderful Zoe Kelly. She is an award-winning self-taught bilingual chef and on-screen food personality. She immigrated from Venezuela to the United States at the age of seven and is now living her version of the American dream with the launch of her company, Little Chef and Me. Right. Welcome, Zoe. So happy to have you. Yay! I'm so happy to be with you guys. At the top of each guest interview, we like to do a round of quick fire questions to get us started. So we're going to do a little back. All right. So quick fire questions, Zoe. You ready? We got three. Let's do it. Okay. First up, eggs, scrambled or sunny side up? Scrambled, but I don't really like eggs. Is that controversial? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I switch it up. I love I, it. This is going to be a great one for the breakfast a combo. Little, a little controversial. I'm not a big oh. fan of eggs, but I will have them scrambled. Okay, we're going to talk more about that yeah. a little later. Indeed, I have a friend who has equally uh, strong feelings about eggs, and I respect it because she still eats delicious things. So, hey. Love, love cooking them, though. I will cook. So like I love cooking eggs, love poaching them, like working with eggs, love it. But eating them, I'm like hard pass. Wow. All right, we're gonna put a pin in that yeah. for sure. <laughs> Jen's gonna. Uh, all right. Next up, Zoe. Uh, popsicles or lollipops? Uh, lollipops. Is that a southern thing? Say lollipops. 
don't know. The what, word, what, how do you, you call mean, them? The word itself, lollipop? Yeah. Wait. Okay. So in Florida, I don't know. It's a cultural thing. So like popsicles is like the ice cream, right? Like an, right. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Lollipop. Uh, I'm going to go with lollipop. All right. Lollipop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking you're going to say popsicle. Okay. Last one. Zombie apocalypse or alien invasion? Oh my God. <laughs> so I, I have like this crazy phobia of aliens. Like my soul will leave my body the day that I turn on the news and it's like aliens have taken over. Like I will uh, die. <laughs> so, <laughs> would much rather a zombie apocalypse than an alien invasion for that reason. Whoa. I you have know what? A, I have a phobia because when I was little, my mom used to watch these UFO alien shows and she would tell me, don't watch them. These are for adults. So what did I do? Snuck in, watched mm-hmm. it. And then from then on, I'm like, I'm going to get abducted by aliens. Like, this is how I die. Wow. I'm with you, <laughs> but I still will consume a lot of alien stuff. I watched Signs last night. Oh, Whoa. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Okay, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Back to breakfast. Okay. You often cook arepas, right? Yeah. And so that was something you had growing up for breakfast, I'm assuming, a lot of the times. Is that something Raiden is interested in, or is he more interested in, like, the oatmeal pancake? So, arepas are, like, Venezuelan's bread and butter. My husband hates them now because... I eat them for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like, it just depends on the filling. Like, are we putting eggs in it? Then it's breakfast. Are we putting ropa vieja? Then it's lunch, you know? Uh, so it's like all day, every day, whatever it is that you got, you put in arepa and that's your food. Uh, for breakfast, though, I love making arepas just with cafe con leche. There's just something so nostalgic Ooh. about it. Oh, my. The smell of, like, the coffee and the percolator and, like, it's a whole vibe. Walk us through how you make your cafe con leche. So I have a little percolator and I have uh, espresso coffee. Pilon is the brand that I love. And Raiden actually knows how to put the coffee into the little. So he'll grab the <laughs> spoon and he'll put it into. I'm like, this is going to this is an investment in my future. I'm going to be selfish here. I know it's about him, but like really. I'm trying to get him to make us coffee when we wake up. Yeah. Five years old, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I like, I like it. I like um, it. We'll, we'll put the water in and we'll put the coffee and then we'll let it, let it boil. And like that smell when it first starts coming out is just uh-huh. like every, I mean, that's enough to wake you up. And the co- then the milk, you gotta, you gotta make sure it has, you know, the foam on top. So I, I'll usually whisk some brown sugar into it. Uh, almost make like a colada type of situation and uh, but yeah uh, we do the arepas in the morning uh he'll you know it's a great activity for them too because he uses his hands to like massage the dough and then we'll like flatten it and i'll put it on um you know the cast iron to cook and it's there's something about that smell of that corn cooking like the 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 cornmeal cooking and that cafe con leche just Man. It's so weird. I could smell it right now, and it's not even a part of my normal routine. <laughs> I mean, I, I just smell that. I'm yeah. I'm getting really hungry just thinking about it. Actually, <laughs> so a question for you. Um, so like, I I live in Italy, and it's a real thing here. To breakfast tends to be sweet, but putting dipping what you're eating for breakfast, especially if it's something like a panettone, brioche, something like that, 
dipping it in your cappuccino and your cafe. Uh, and I know that like in France, they'll actually dip bread and like buttered bread in their coffee in the morning. So it, so it goes sweet and savory is what the point I'm trying to make. Do you ever dip your repas in your cafe con leche? Okay, great point because there's people that do that. There is really? people that do that. Yes. I don't. Uh, I know there's also people who put cheese in their coffee. Yes. Wait, a lot what? of Colombians. <gasps> yeah. I have never it's heard good. of this. Los Colombianos, they put like cube cheese either in their hot chocolate or their coffee. Mm-hmm. My mind yeah. is so blown right now. In <laughs> the when hot you like chocolate? And yeah. you stir it around and when you do like a little spoon lift, you have that one stretchy, melty little nugget. I mean, yo, I believe that that would be really stinking good. Yeah. And then Cubans have, you know, cafe con leche and then uh, pan tostado. Like that's like a, it's just Cuban bread, garlic, butter. That's your breakfast. And you will see people dunk their, their bread into it. And that's what I love about food is that like, it really unites us because we think we're so different, but we're really not. Like we love <laughs> hot, salty, sweet together. Like make it happen. And right. we'll see it if we could see more of the similarities. Absolutely. If you guys listening uh, want to check out her Instagram, she's at it's Zoe Kelly. And you could also find her uh, at zoekelly.com and littlechefandme.com check out all those wonderful cooking products thank you so much zoe zoe thank you thank you for having me this has been a lot of fun anytime i get to talk food i'm all about it we hope y'all enjoyed breaking the fast with us as we sample the boundless world of breakfast culture from light sweet italian pastries to heartier savory soups across asia it's definitely a meal to appreciate whether it's simply a quick bite to get your day started faster or slowing it down and enjoying the little kitchen moments with loved ones like zoe kelly and her curious little eater if you like the show don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review you can also drop us a question using the link in the show notes and in the meantime you can see what we're up to by following us on instagram at q katie and at jen eats life Special thanks to the musician who wrote and performed our theme song, Brian Quinn. Hey, that's my brother. You can follow him on Instagram at BQFunk.